A locavore is a person who chooses to consume food that is grown, raised, or produced locally. This is the Locavore Podcast, brought to you by White's IGA. Welcome to my Locavore Podcast. I'm Ros White, and this is the podcast where we dig deep into the stories behind the hundreds of locally sourced, artisan, bespoke, and innovative products available to you in one location at White's IGA on the Sunshine Coast. Our Locavore program was officially launched in 2013 to showcase and highlight to our customers where their food and goodies come from and help connect them to the families who create it. A local Sunshine Coast business has been crafting the finest ginger products since 1941 with an unwavering commitment to quality. It all started with some raw ginger pieces that found their way to Budrum on the beautiful Sunshine Coast. They thrived in the rich volcanic soil and as a result, Five Budrum farmers met in the old blacksmith's shop and formed Budrum Ginger. Now a long-standing and proud Australian business success story. I have the absolute pleasure of welcoming here today to have a chat, Simon Hamilton. Simon is the go-to man, senior marketing and sales manager, I think CEO, and goodness knows what other hat he wears. Uh, Welcome, Simon. Thank you, Ross. Thanks for having us. It's great to have you here and talk all things ginger, but not just normal ginger, Sunshine Coast or Budrum ginger as Mm -hmm. we know it. And also as what a lot of people may recognise is the ginger factory at Yandina, which I'm sure most of us remember as kids ourselves visiting or the gra- taking the grandchildren or our own children and having some fun with a little train that goes around at Yandina. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about Budrum ginger and not just the history, but even just some of those fun aspects that we're talking about. Yeah. With- You're exactly right. The ginger factory has been iconic on the Sunshine Coast. We moved to Yandina from Budrum in 1995 and that really opened the doors to the public. So we could invite people in to see how Budrum Ginger was created. But also, as you said, the stories that I get, I meet a number of people on the road and different customers I visit, and they tell us about the connection they had as either picking, helping pick some of the ginger or bringing their their kids, their grandkids through our doors. So it's very rewarding to know that people love a brand and know a brand. It's much more than that for the Sunshine Coast. It's it's a destination. So we're lucky. We have a food business, we have a tourism business, and we get to share the story of ginger grown in this region. And it's quite fascinating and innovative how you've combined those two. But going back to 1941, when those five farmers came together and met in the old blacksmith's shop at Budrum, where were they growing ginger? So if they're Budrum farmers, if we think back to 1941, there's very beautiful, rich volcanic soil on Budrum. And there it's all housing now. So apart from absolutely having flourishing gardens, Where were the farms on what side or what? where were they actually well, located? In, you're in- right. There was, there's the main farmers basically growing in the back of the Sunshine Coast because you're right, the soil was perfect for it. They saw the opportunity, they saw the need. The Australian culture at that stage wanted ginger. We couldn't get it. So that, was, that started the trend in effect. Today we grow anywhere still from not so much the Sunshine Coast as we know. The Sunshine Coast is evolving every day, but we go up towards Bundaberg, the Bundaberg region. So we're still picking ginger from the back of the Sunshine Coast all the way up to Bundaberg. We just have a great climate. There's many great products grown in, in our back door. And lucky for us, we're a ginger processor and we get to still stay in the Sunshine Coast and process that here. 
So it's a plant. It's a ginger plant. It's a, ro- a root, a rhizome. Oh, so yep. it's all underneath the gr- underneath the soil. Some people would say it's not the most attractive, but beauty comes in many packages. And at the end of the day, it's the flavour profile yeah. and what's contained in that magic root. I could talk about it all day, but really from a point of view from ginger, it contributes from a health point of view, but also it contributes from a flavour point of view. So there's very few foods that can make claim to both. Mm. And we're very lucky we've got this... I don't want to say the word magical, but there's an amazing ingredient that we can do so many things with. Sourcing the raw product is really important, but the fact that it comes so close to the factory is going to be a wonderful quality, quality freshness, and but really sustainable because it's travelling less yeah. distance, yeah. less transportation, better for the environment, better for the planet. And when you're talking flavour profile, what are the significant parts of that with ginger? What changes the flavour profile? Is it the soil itself or how does it impact on so the soil or how it's grown or the, how much rain it gets mm-hmm. or how significant is all of that in contributing to a quality product? Yeah, you're right. There's a number of things in there. Obviously, where things are grown, it takes on attributes from where it's grown. So if we're growing ginger in the Australian soil, the Sunshine Coast soil, it doesn't take on flavour attributes. But the key part with ginger is when it's picked. So there's different parts of the season for ginger. So a lot of the crystallised ginger that we eat and people know us for is picked very early on. It's actually very low flavour ginger. Whereas the late season, we pick it later, it's that simple, it develops more flavour profile. There's more fibre, there's more flavour profile in that, and that is used for things like savoury cooking. So ginger picked at different times will give different products. Mm. Simple as that. Early season, which simplifies eating ginger, and late season as savoury or juice products because that's where you need that flavour profile. And when you say early picking, we're talking you get the fresh bulb, is what yeah. you call it? Yeah, so it's only semi-developed in yeah. effect. So around that February, March time, we start pulling out our soil. Our farmers are good to us because farmers like to sell high-yielding product. It's probably not the best time for a farmer to pick the crop, but we need the ginger out of the ground at that stage to make those products. So it's very small. It's not overly developed, but it's ideal for eating ginger. We keep it in the soil with our growers and we pick it later on where it's matured. And you can get very large hands of ginger. Come to the ginger factory and you can see it live. You can see the different size of roots that we use from early season all the way through to late season, and they're dramatically different. But We need them picked at different times to create the products that people want. And the processing plant you talked before about being processes, what does that involve? And is that processing plant based at Yandina? Yes, it is. And so what's involved? So how do you transport, do you truck it into the plant? Yeah, so our farmers are good enough to bring it to our door. So again, in partnership with us, there's obviously a lot of planning that goes into that. Like all agriculture, you don't just pull it from the soil one day and that's there the next. It's pre-planning, it's seeds, planning ahead, crop growing. Farmers are in control of that process. They bring it to our back door and from that point we do everything else. So we wash it, we grade it and some of it gets stored and then we pull it out and process it based on what we're trying to create. Fundamentally, the Andina plant does all our crystallised ginger and it makes a number of our base ginger ingredients that we use to make our other products. So what is the crystallised ginger? Tell us a little bit about that because it's been probably your most recognised common product that you've been consistently creating for ever and a yeah, day. Eight, over 80 since years. Since 1941. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So. so it's absolutely synonymous with the brand. Yeah. It would be a standout and people would recognise it. But tell me, how do you use it? Mm-hmm. I remember my dad used to eat 
just straight ginger out of the packet. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming it was butter. Of course, of course it was. <laughs> the crystallisation process, without going and boring people, basically we replace the water with sugar. So it becomes the natural preservative for the, for the ginger. But what people use it for is two things. Ginger lovers love to snack on it, just like your dad. My dad eats it out of the bag. <laughs> like he loves ginger. So he'll quite happily sit on the couch and gnaw away, whereas it also is used for baking. So a lot of people chop it up to make all those traditional family recipes that we know and love, the fruitcakes at Christmas, the recipe that's been passed down for generations. But also what we're seeing is it's starting to emerge in some of the modern day cooking. So the good thing is it's a flavor profile that can't be substituted. You can't go, oh, we'll take ginger out and I'll put lemon in. It's a different thing. So if you want that taste, it has to be ginger. So the beauty of it is, yeah, if you're a lover, you snack on it. If you're a baker, you bake with it. Yeah, beautiful. So they're the two main reasons. So we'll talk about some of the other products a little bit later, but let's go and talk about you now for a little while, Simon. So you've been working with the family, Budrum Ginger is family owned, which is wonderful mm-hmm. to have a flourishing family enterprise that is Australian owned. And you work with this beautiful family. How long have you been with them and what's been your journey? How did you come to lead this great company? I must say that I don't lead the company. I'm just part of the team. So that's the most important thing. But I've been lucky enough to work for uh, this family uh, business now for or almost 10 years. So I came from their previous business, Queen Fine Foods, so Queen Vanilla. So I know the baking category and the baking process, baking consumers very well. I was lucky enough to work on that for over seven years. So when they acquired Budrum Ginger three to four years ago, I came across about three years ago to help create a new generation of ginger lovers, I suppose, is the way to describe it. Without talking about me, because it's not what we're here for, but I've been lucky enough to work on food all my career. Based in Queensland, born in Queensland, I've worked on some of our iconic brands and I'm lucky enough to end up here on the Sunshine Coast and work on Mudroom Ginger. So mm. here we are evolving the brand and introducing ginger in new ways that haven't existed before or bringing back some of the classics using Australian produce or produce that has been created for Budrum Ginger. That means there's a lot of innovation happening, which you're obviously leading. And you've got a range of new products that are actually just coming on the market now, Mm -hmm. which is really exciting. So let's talk about some of that innovation. Mm -hmm. And how does that come about? What is the process of developing new products for market? And how do you identify what products you're going to create And because you've got some of these bioactive ginger shots here, Mm -hmm. which are absolutely fresh on the shelves and really in tune with the health benefits that people are looking for. How does that innovation process take place and what is the importance of it and how do you do that? So the important thing, like any food brand, is to talk to your customer, understand what they really want. Now, they might not know exactly what they want to see on the shelf, but they'll tell us the things that's important in their life. We did research, like any good business does, ask the consumer what they thought, and there's some key trends that came out. They wanted to see health products made from ginger. It's very clear. We see data all around the world, and ginger, because of what we've been taught in many cultures, a lot of cultures from birth, grandmas told them, parents have told them, carers have told them that ginger is intrinsically healthy for them. So there's a known... DNA in all of us that ginger is an ingredient we should consume. So we already come off a very strong base that people know that ginger is good for them. They don't necessarily know why, but there's already a trust factor there. So it's very easy to present ginger products to our consumers and build and explain from there. Can you um, explain to us what the, some of the health benefits are yeah, for anyone uh, that identifies ginger as being a great product to consume for health? What are the health 
benefits. So again, we've got to be very specific about what we offer our customer, right? Because there's many claims that can be made, but we have to substantiate them. So one of the very clear ones that we can prove, and, and we, we have we've conducted all the right studies, is ginger is good for nausea. So if it's consumed in a certain way with a certain amount made by Bundrum ginger, you can alleviate the symptoms of nausea. So part of our bioactive range is exactly for that. So if you're traveling, you've got kids in the car going on school holidays, catching the train to work, catching the bus to work, catching an Uber to work, catching a plane. Anyone who has any sort of travel-related nausea, this is a product that could help them. Then there's obviously pregnancy. So through the very early stages, again, people will go through different levels, but nausea is a known attribute of it. So again, having a ginger-based product is very appealing for some people because a lot of the other options are pharmaceutical products. So ours is a food so again, we can give our consumer a ginger-based product. So again, it's there. It can also help with medical-related treatments, but obviously we've got to be very sensitive of how we help patients there because it's very emotional time. Mm. So it's good for nausea relief is probably the main known and proven way. There's other ways that will come from us later on, but we've got to do a little bit more work to make sure that we're delivering on the promise to the customer. Sounds perfect for those that get motion sickness because it does make you feel just dreadful. So how would one consume, if it's a shot Mm -hmm. or a drink, Mm -hmm. is it consumed before you travel, during your travel, or when you feel the nausea coming on? How would it provide that relief? At what time, in what context? Yeah, we have different products for different purposes. So the shot is encouraged to, you have regularly. So basically it's like a maintenance plan. Because if you're someone who suffers from it very easily, it's good to have this as your backup, as someone who's there to help. Yeah, your toolkit. Thank you. We have other products like our bears, which have our bioactive ingredient in it, which again, we suggest people start taking a couple of days before. So the ideal scenario- Is that why they're bears? They are. They're a bit spicy. But it's the longer you prepare, the better the relief. But obviously, sometimes you can't prepare and you have to go. So it helps in those situations. But obviously, if you can do it before, the better relief. I think you should go down and talk to Mr. Phil Hart at Sunray for all the whale watching, whale one. Yes, absolutely. You could sell them on board. Is whale one. Yeah. And we were talking to our friends at Bonza for the same reason, right? A lot of people hopping on planes. Yeah. A lot of people coming to the Sunshine Coast. So again, it's that sort of relief that would be ideal. Yeah, that's perfect. Absolutely. I know my husband gets motion sickness and he had to go and sit in the air conditioning with a lemonade after he had been on the teacup ride with our daughter, Sophie. Yeah. I'm sadistic at it. <laughs> <laughs> well, my son suffers from it. He doesn't it like sitting horrible. in the back of the car. So, again, this is the yeah. sort of relief. And as a parent, we know it's ginger, so mm. we don't have any issue with sharing that with him. So, but it's great that yeah. there is a, a solution and some relief out there. So the other product that is new, reasonably new on the show, yep. is the Australian... Let's just emphasize yes. that. <laughs> Sushi ginger, which sits in a little jar. Yes. And obviously it could be used for a hundred things, but is there a difference between sushi ginger or could you just use that in general cooking like stir fries? How does that work? Oh, it was the age-old battle, Ros. That was exactly right because obviously the easiest way to explain it to the consumer is sushi, but that's only one. There's many ways that you can use that product now. Some people have it for breakfast, but... A, it's just a savoury option from us. Mm. If you look at the Budrum ginger range, historically it's been crystallised ginger, which has been for snacking or baking. We didn't really cater for those evening or dinner options. Mm. So this is a perfect addition to add. We're proud to, to say that it's made with Australian ginger. But again, yeah, if you're rolling sushi at home, great. This product will be sold through restaurants as well. But 
It can also be added to salads. It adds flavor. That's the thing that ginger does. So why not add it to some of your classic meals that you have to add a bit of different flavor? Poke bowls, all those sort of things. There's new generations of salads that are coming through that were once, oh, I can't make those at home. Yes, you can. And as people stay more and more at home, Mm. if their budget's getting tighter and tighter, they want to create those Mm. sort of meals. They need these ingredients. That's our sushi. Gut health is a huge digestive health. There's another great local company, The Fermentier, and they they create a lot of beautiful fermented vegetable Mm -hmm. lines and stuff like that. And it's really very innovative, very tasty, and has some great gut health benefits and interesting to see and understand how consumers are really embracing that and enjoying it too as an enjoyable option and a flavour enhancer and utilising simple products to add impact and to different basic dishes. Absolutely. Incredible. So the ginger plant, let's going Mm -hmm. back to how it's grown and there's some Sunshine Coast farms here, I think Mm -hmm. at the Templetons. Yeah, that's one of of our key. They, They were right from day one. So yeah. um, great partners. Is there four generations? I think it's four. I, I'll get four in trouble Four generations now. Yeah. of but, the Templeton. But Shane and Sister Kylie are very much partners to us and, and make sure we get good quality ginger. That's what it comes down to. We've got to have the right ingredient to start with yeah. so that we can then convert that into Budram ginger products. But how cool is that? And something that I really want to make and I allow people to understand Budrum Ginger is not just a family-owned company, Australian business that processes ginger here. It is grown here, a seed in the beautiful soil, Mm -hmm. and by another local family. What an incredible local vore story. And four generations, they should know what they're doing by now, I'd say, after four generations of growing ginger. That's a testament and a legacy in itself to have that family continue that farming, I'm sure their farming practices have changed as well and being able to deliver it to you in a way that's sustainable mm-hmm. and viable so that they can deliver a product that's affordable to you and what you do, then you turn it into a process. How long does it take from the seed to the maybe the first harvest, that it's, early it's about, harvest? It's about nine months. It's about a nine-month growing process and then from that it's another three or four months depending on when we want to pick it, early season or late season. But yeah, just to come back about the growing, agriculture is difficult. We all understand that, but ginger is a particularly difficult beast. It, it needs water, but it can't have too much water. Ooh. So we're very lucky that in Australia we've got very passionate passionate ginger growers who love the ingredient and look after it because it's, you know, unfortunately it can be a crop that can be easily lost. So they do a great job in making this ingredient available for us. Okay. Yeah. And that's interesting because you can't control the weather, can you? You can't. And you've got to have access to water, which right. is not always. Mm. But then having too much yeah, can right. really affect the crop very quickly. Wow. You so. could get excited about the the rain clouds or you could not. That's right. Oh, well, mm. what do you do if it rains? It rains. That's, yeah, when you and don't that's, need it. that's the hard part about agric- yeah. agriculture. Yeah. But I suppose that's the risk, isn't it? That's the risk, yeah. And does it adjust the price much? I suppose it's all control oh, and demand. Supply and demand, absolutely. Home. Different things. We've had some tough years have gone on. A good, strong season this year. So it just means we can bring the products to the shelf, which is good. And again, allow us to introduce new options, which is the most important thing. We have to introduce ginger through different eating occasions to new consumers who hasn't seen Bundra ginger before. Is there fresh ginger or just do you... No, we, we don't sell fresh. Yeah. That's that's the farmer's space. So yeah. that's their market. That's what they specialise in. What we specialise in is taking it to the next level and creating other products with this ingredient. 
So just thinking about ginger, though, as a vegetable Mm -hmm. and how people would look after it at home, Mm -hmm. even though you process it, Mm -hmm. how do you optimise the life of that little bulb? So we go to the grocer, won't say GA even, (laughs) and buy a beautiful fresh piece of ginger, a lovely bulb. They're always luscious looking. They're all funny, knobbly old, aren't they? Funny, knobbly little things. They seem to grow in a hundred directions. What is that? But And then they have this outer skin on them, which... Mm -hmm. I understand has a lot of goodness in it too. So how would we treat that beautiful piece of ginger to optimise its longevity in the fridge or on the shelf? And what do we do with that skin? Because there's a hundred different ways. Some people say peel it with a spoon, mm-hmm. others, and it's quite woody, isn't it, and it textured. Yeah. So what's the best way to use a fresh piece of ginger? We're lucky we've got a, a magical uh, plant that gets rid of it. Uh, but at, at the end of the day, everyone goes to, to White's IGA and buys a whole hand. They don't snap little bits off. They take that home and they can store it in a basket with other fruits and vegetables on the bench for a couple of weeks because the product holds up quite well mm. in the fridge as well. Different people will peel it with a spoon, etc. Everyone has their own sort of little technique. We're lucky in the fact that because, again, early season, the skin's very soft. So basically it falls off for us. Whereas late season, when we're making sushi, it can be very difficult. We're talking using a lot more ginger than you would at home. Mm -hmm. So the difficulty of getting into those little nooks and crannies and getting that skin off because no one wants it in this product. They want clean ginger. So we've got a few proprietary techniques. We have a few stressful days at the ginger factory, but that's our job. Mm -hmm. Our job is to present ginger in a way that people want to enjoy. So interesting because freshly prepared ginger does require a certain technique to cut it Mm -hmm. because it is woody and stringy and so long slices and chop finely and that takes a bit of time Mm -hmm. and you have that beautiful fresh burst of flavour but if you haven't got time Mm -hmm. and let's face it we're all busy and so we're looking for time saving options and taking one step out of the process so Perhaps the other alternative would be to buy a beautiful jar of budram ginger, freshly prepared. So from a fresh bulb, Mm -hmm. so if you're using a spoonful of fresh Mm -hmm. to a spoonful of ginger that's been lovingly prepared and for you, Mm -hmm. thanks to budram ginger, (laughs) do you use the same quantity? We'd say one for one. Yeah, absolutely. The product that's fresh off the shelf, if you want to describe it that way, is our ready-chopped ginger. So it's exactly that. It's julienne style, chef style, chopped ginger, because not everyone has the time to prepare dinner from scratch every night. This allows you to have the taste and texture of ginger in your meals. Some of these dishes we're eating at home now are restaurant quality. It's about seeing the meal as well as tasting the meal. Mm. So people expect to see a, a restaurant quality ingredient in the lights of White's IGA. This product is, again, for people wanting that flavour profile but presentation, and it just saves that step. Mm. But you get the flavour profile. That's what our job is, to Mm. give you the best-tasting ginger in the easiest way possible. Perfect. Do you have a signature dish? Oh, that you make at home that's oh, showcasing budram ginger? My wife will be listening. She's very much the chef, but I am a bit of a tragic for Vietnamese food. Mm. So I'm quite lucky that anything with ginger and soy disappears very quickly. Mm. But that combination, <laughs> I'm sort of salivating now. But uh, <laughs> the reality is, yeah, we eat a lot of Vietnamese food because we just like the taste. It's fresh. My wife's a dietitian. So the combination of introducing vegetables very easily to our children and then the hit of a little bit of soy and a bit of ginger just adds a bit of mm, fire to yeah. the dish. Like salt, texture, That's bit right. of spice. Yeah. 
yummy. With the freshness coming mm. from the other vegetables. So yep. a little bit of grilled chicken that gets added to that. It's very simple to make a tasty meal. In, and a in rice a paper, one of those gorgeous oh, rice, rice paper rolls. Oh, that's right. Oh. With a malulabat prawn in it and some oh. fresh coriander. <laughs> Let's go to lunch, Ross. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So what are the plans for Budrum Ginger? So you're part of the progress and the innovation and supporting the brand. What are the future plans and what's ahead for Budrum Ginger? What's coming? What's new? What's exciting? Exactly. COVID was is the dirty word that no one wants to talk about, but it really actually gave us a lot of time to create new exciting products. So there's a lot to come. Like you know, a lot of products are only just hitting shelf now because of all the challenges that everyone went through with COVID. So we're introducing Budrum in the savory cooking space, in the beverage space, in the health space. So there's going to be people who know us and love us and will see a whole new collection of products that they'll try, whereas there'll be products that people who've never tried Budrum before and will say, these are for me. So the exciting time is ahead. 80 years young is Budrum and we want it to be at least another 80 more. So we've put in place a number of products we know our consumers will want as part of their buy. Yeah. And off we go from a taste, a flavor and a health point of view. So onward and upward, we want to see it march on for another 80 years. So how many families do you support between the processing factory and the Budrum? So we have 50 or 60 people that work in our plant. We've probably got another 30 that work through the tourism facility. So Mm. that just becomes a web of people that live on the Sunshine Coast or surrounding. Mm. So like every good business, like Whiteside GA, every employee contributes to that business. Mm. We're all part of Budrum Ginger, but... This ginger root really provides for all of us and people buying our products allow us to be there every day. And people that are visiting, coming to the Sunshine Coast for whether it's an event or an occasion or a holiday and just encouraging local people to get behind the brand and come and have an experience and really sample and understand a little bit more about these incredible, not just businesses, but what's the creation and come and have that experience and connect with it and understand more and enjoy the difference and take it home for a gift if international visitors I'm sure if you don't get in trouble with border control I don't know how that all works but anyway do you ship stuff around we do we have a very big export business which is good again it's things made in Australia taken to the world. And again, a lot of the products we've made don't exist. Mm. So it's introducing an Australian-made product to the world and leading the way, which is there. And as you touched on the ginger factory, we also, Whiteside GA, try and support local producers. Mm. We have other people's products in our shop. We also introduce it in the menu. So come, taste, Enjoy the whole Sunshine Coast. So it's Budrum Ginger, yes, but also other ingredients from the but local region. But also the kids, you know, yeah. are creating awareness with kids so they can come and touch and feel and put their hands in the dirt and understand the, the whole process of that product, plant a seed, watch it grow, the permaculture aspects. Then, you know, the journey of that fresh food, it's not just miraculously delivered in a packet on the table. There's a family, there's a process, there's hard work, there's all the natural elements behind that. And it's it's fantastic for kids to understand that. And we give them an up close, one of the great tours you can do at the ginger factory is the ginger growing tour. You can actually get in, pull ginger out of the ground and see what it looks like. And then you see what we do with it after that. Mm. So it's hard to take people to a farm. At the end of the day, they're there to grow, right? We can't take people in lots of various reasons, but come to the ginger factory. You can see our small little versions Mm. and get to experience, see what a ginger plant looks like, see what a ginger root looks like. Pull it, see it, know where it comes from. Love it. That's awesome, Simon. Now, we didn't talk much about you because you're just passionately talking about everything ginger, but before we wrap up, 
give us a little bit of insight into Simon Hambleton and what are your mantra or your what's your philosophy in life? What makes you get your motor running and get you motivated every day? Again, don't really like talking too much about myself, but I've been lucky to work in food marketing for oh, 25, 30 years now. I've worked on brands that I grew up with, loved, and that's what I get to do every day. I get to make products that people want to try. I get to make products that I know people need us to make. So it's pretty easy to get up to work in the morning and go, let's have another go today because we get to create stuff every day. Nothing's mundane. We don't just make the same product every day. There's 30 products that we've made in a very small window of time because people want this ingredient. So again, I get to have a fun job. It's, it's yeah. very simple that I work on brands people love, create products that we hope they love and satisfy what they need. I know that sounds cliche, but it is what I do. And I'm just lucky enough I get to do it every day. Do you have a favourite quote? Oh, no, I don't. I, not that I can really think off the top of, top of my head. At the end of the day, it's just getting in and giving it a go. And I yeah. think that's part of the mantra of, of the family I work for. Don't be afraid to give it a go. It's a bit of that Australian underlying principle. We've got to give it a go because mm. if we keep doing the same thing, all the time, we'll age ourselves. There's a lot of fun to be had and there's a lot of solutions to be solved. So let's go and create those products. I love it. Yeah. Well done. Every best wish for Budroom Ginger to continue on for another 80 years. Simon, thank you so much for coming in. It's been an absolute pleasure and look forward to seeing what you guys do next. Thank you, Roz. And as always, your business has been a big supporter of us in lots of ways. The first time to shelf has been at Whiteside GA. So mm. Thank you for supporting us. We love that's our favourite thing. Yeah. Plus, I bought forty of those magnificent original. Oh trays, yes, the crates. The crates. Yeah, that's what that's came from our crystallised ginger room. Yeah, to there use as display um, timber display units around in our. They are beautiful. Yeah. I've got one sitting on my desk. I love it. Perfect. perfect. So uh, they're available for people to can, buy, aren't they? Can we get them back? No. Oh, no. do you really want them? <laughs> no, back? it's okay. Let's okay. then talk about a price. No. <laughs> that's a bit cheeky, isn't it? <laughs> but no, they are magnificent. Yeah. They can be used for entertaining, or they're the original drying. They're the drying trays. They're so the once drying we crystallise, we, we we let our ginger dry in those trays. Yeah. So again, a piece of history. Yeah. yeah, they are beautiful. Anyway, I love mine. So I'll have to go make sure about the, the staff have got them out in the stores and using them too. Otherwise we'll... They're probably yeah. sold through. Oh, I hope not. <laughs> Bit precious. Anyway, thanks, Simon. Thanks, Ross. A locavore is a person who chooses to consume food that is grown, raised or produced locally. This is the Locavore Podcast. Brought to you by White's IGA.